So, hello and welcome to the latest Guildhall School Events podcast. I'm joined by students Elizabeth de Brule and Martin Hassler, who will be playing the main roles in this term's opera, Henzer's Phaedra and Ein Landarzt, which opens in the Silk Street Theatre on the 8th of June. So, Martin, if you don't mind, we'll start with you yep. and your role in Ein Landarzt. I'm slightly surprised to see that you're the only name <laughs> that's written in the programme, well, alongside one other who's uh, Rick Svart, I think, yeah, who you're sharing yeah. with. Um, can you tell us a bit about the role you are singing and perhaps some of the pros and cons of being the only person on the stage as a main singing role? Yeah, uh, so the opera itself is based on a short story by Franz Kafka called The Country Doctor. And in this Country Doctor, basically, you have loads of different roles, but everything is kind of in this narrative storytelling way. So blah, blah, blah. She said, mm-hmm, he said, and everything. So uh, there's several versions of this opera. And there's a, there's a first version in 51 written for the radio where you had different roles. You had like, for example, mm-hmm. The Maid. You had a little boy and everything. Ev- everything was, was sang by different characters. But in the later version written for Fischer Dieskau in 65, um, Hensel got rid of all the other roles and they were all sung by one baritone in the end. So this is kind of how it works. Uh, we still have all the roles, but they're kind of all uh, personified by one singer in the right. end, which is me and Rick. Tell us a little bit about the story itself. Obviously, you mentioned it was based on Kafka. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what happens? So, well, don't give the game away too much for <laughs> our listeners, because we want them to come. But a little idea snippet. So the general thing is a country doctor gets woken up in the middle of the night by a night bell to a sick patient, but he realizes it's it's deep winter and his horse died, so he doesn't have a horse to go to the patient. So suddenly he, he he's, finds himself um, confronted with two magic horses, which bring him incredibly fast to the sick patient, who's a sick boy. And there he makes the, the diagnosis that the boy is actually totally fine, he's, he's healthy, but then later on he realizes that he is actually sick and he has to die. And so in the end he fails and he um, yeah, his, his whole, yeah, I don't want to, I don't no, want to no, no, yeah. <laughs> We don't know what happens in the end. <laughs> yeah, so it sounds incredibly light-hearted, yeah, you know, what, no, yeah. fun-loving story. No, it's, not, it's, very, it's very Kafka, so when you have all the, you have all Kafka colours, it's very, I mean, the, the overall is very dark and it's very, mm. um, like the whole examination of the wound is, is very dark, but in, on the other hand, there are also humorous passages and it's very, it's full of everything, yeah. A work like this isn't really very often performed. Yeah. Um, so how do you go about preparing and kind of researching? Because obviously there's not much to no, go on really. No, I mean it's very hard because the the whole reception, there's one recording which was made in 2007 of, of the first version. So the first version is basically just a, a baritone speaking everything. And we are the we do the version, the later on, which, which is sang on pictures. So we, we have, everything is written out. And so first of all, there was no recording of it. So and it's 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 very hard because it's mainly atonal. So you have like little passages which sound sometimes a little like like Stravinsky, or there's even passages which sound very much like Brahms. But um, on the on the whole, it's totally atonal. So you really have to sit down. It's mm. it's very hard work. It's, it was a preparation process of I think like three months for a piece which is 35 minutes long. Um, this was the big challenge of of it all. And then the other challenges that you, you're not just one character as you normally are, if you're seeing, let's say, the Carl and Figaro, so you're loads of different characters, a bit like El King by Schubert, you have to play a little boy, you have to play the maid, you have to play the country doctor, you have to play father, mother, the other parts of the family, you have to narrate the story, which is, which is first of all, it's, it's difficult to find these, these different characters in your own voice, and secondly, it's difficult to present this on stage, because you, I mean, we don't have anything to play with, because we are the only ones on stage, 
and this is a very a wonderful challenge to master so mm. it's, it's very exciting it's a very exciting journey so to give a little insight which character do you feel that you most enjoy playing we are we are the country doctor so the country doctor is basically telling the story so this is this is who we are but on the other hand for example the little boy is a very um it's it's a personality which is very hard to get so it's uh, first of all he, he has kind of this little competition with the doctor so he says he really wants to die but then there's no wound he can die of and then uh, it's it's very it's very hard to understand him. So it's kind of I always think about these little shining twins um, from Stanley Kubrick. So it's 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 highly interesting because we realize that during the rehearsal process you think you kind of went through the piece and you kind of know what it's about, but as soon as you start turning around sentences and and note structures phrases, they're like a thousand answers you can give to a thousand questions, which is mm. incredibly interesting and very rewarding as well. Great. So moving on to Pedro. So we don't slant towards one rather than the other. <laughs> Though do feel free, Martin, to, yeah, to comment if you feel. <laughs> so, you'll, you, Beth, you'll be playing the title role of Phaedra, uh, which is another quite dark story, really, based on Greek mythology this time. So tell us a bit about the story for those who won't know much about it. Okay, so the story, the first half of the opera by Henser is the Greek myth of Phaedra. In the Greek myth, Phaedra falls in love with her stepson, Hippolytus, stepson by her husband, Theseus. She's been made to fall in love with Hippolytus because the goddess Aphrodite, who has previously, before the opera begins, been rejected by Hippolytus, um, has decided to take her revenge by making Phaedra fall in love with her stepson. So she's fall in love with her stepson, um, which obviously is not a great position to be in. <laughs> and she, um, she feels quite guilty about Yeah, that. yeah, so there's this, she... this constant um, battle between knowing that she's not supposed to have these feelings for, for Hippolytus, um, and, but also obviously wanting, wanting that, wanting their feelings. So there's mm. this constant kind of struggle between those two things. Um, which eventually is obviously rejected by Hippolytus. Um, feeling spurned and guilty, she actually ends up hanging herself. Uh, but before she does, she leaves a suicide note written to Theseus saying, your stepson Hippolytus has tried to rape me. Which is obviously not true. Not true. <laughs> so obviously Theseus is a bit cross um, and calls on the god Poseidon to help him kill Hippolytus, eventually he's a minotaur. Um, so yes, that's the first half. Mm. <laughs> everyone's dead, almost everyone's dead. And then the Sounds second like half... opera to me. Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so then what you need to know is um, Henser actually went into a coma at this point in writing the opera. Um, and I think he was in a coma for about nine months. Yeah, yeah. Um, and eventually came back and had this kind of, what would you call it, like a... Like a reawakening. Reawakening, yeah. yeah. Um, and rewrote, or re, sorry, wrote the second half of the opera. Um, yeah, and some would say that it kind of reflected the way that he felt after his reawakening. Yeah, exactly. Half. Exactly. So Artemis, um, who is, actually I didn't mention before, is in the first half as well, um, who Hippolyte has dedicated his life to brings Hippolyte back to life 
Um, and Fedra comes back from the underworld to sort of try and lure him back down again, back into the underworld, because mm. obviously you're not supposed to escape from the underworld once you're dead. Um, and... And without Italy, in this, without Italy in this, um, in Artemis' place, in Nemi. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so uh, Artemis brings Hippolyte back to life, um, but disguises him, makes him old, <laughs> so that the gods don't recognise him. Um, but eventually they do, and then the end happens, which I won't so, I mean, I think both um, operas use this kind of sprechgesang kind of technique, mark at me and my German. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I was quite surprised myself by that, how that came out. Um, and both seem to be quite chromatic and almost yeah. kind of berg like in, in places. I mean, but sprechgesang in London is really just like, let's say it's 10 notes. Like, the, the sprechgesang version is the earlier one, which we're not doing. So, we're doing a full sang version. Mm. And they're like, whatever, 10 notes of sprechgesang. Yeah. The general feeling is not, is not like, for example, Pierre Rollinier or something. It's really something different. Right. It's used as a colour, isn't it? When he, yeah, yeah. There's a few moments where he'll yeah. specify this is sprechty bit. Yeah, but really as a special, special thing, not like as this whole broad, uh, big brush of Sprechgesang, so it's really like, you have to, you have to learn the pitches. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, well, that kind of leads me into my next thing. So it must, it must be incredibly difficult um, mm. in some ways to learn this. Yeah. Do, have you enjoyed learning it? And, yes. And yeah. do you find that it's kind of helped you to improve as a, as a singer in, in other areas yes. as well? Yeah. Um, I, weirdly, it's the least intellectual learning that I've done. <laughs> um, for the hardest music I've ever had to learn. Um, it was literally bashing the notes through. And but sometimes that's the yeah, only way, Yeah, sitting down at the piano going, uh, 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 okay, uh, 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 literally as slow as that. Um, I don't know about how you learn it, but that's... It's, yeah, it's very complex because in London it's mainly the orchestra gives you kind of a back background sound music and you, you can't really relate to anything which is mm, happening there yeah. harmonically. So you kind of, you started up making up your own systems, like this phrase sounds like F sharp major with the seventh in it or something. And so kind of, you, you created your own little tonal systems and then as Beth says, you just repeat it and repeat it and yeah. repeat it. Yeah, until it's right. like your second nature and yeah. But it's, it was very like, when I, when I look back, um, so the piece set for me is 65, pieces, uh, 65 pages or something. And the first 10 pages were like, Incredibly difficult, but after that it got better oh, yeah, better because sure, you kind of sure. uh, you sort Get of you realize you, you and you you kind of develop techniques how to do it quicker and and you're much more efficient as well. And it must and be also, really rewarding as well. Yeah, it's like a puzzle. You sing it, you go, oh, that was that was yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. And you start whistling Hensitude suddenly, and you have other, <laughs> other cast members which recognize these, these incredibly difficult tunes then. But you do enter into that sound world as well. It's, like, it's such an alien world for us um, that, like you said, the first few pages yeah. are really kind of grasping at straws, trying to find something to, to just clasp onto. Mm. But then it's like you kind of enter the mm. world and you're swimming through and actually all kind of starts making sense, which is no, that's really, nice. really rewarding and really nice. Great. So you must be incredibly busy right now coming up into the final stint before mm -hmm. the show. So what, what are your lives like day to day at the moment? Are you really full on kind of day and night, long rehearsals, or, or do you kind of spend a lot of time doing personal practice to kind of really, you know, bring your own meaning to your role and your character or mixture of the two maybe yeah you have to yeah i mean the interesting thing in this particular production is that the music side is so like you always have to continue working on 
just on pitches, for example, because as soon as like like production and music kind of go hand in hand, it's not just like sometimes you you kind of deal with the music before you go into production, then it's mainly about walking around. But with this production, the music is just so complex that it's kind of it's like. Uh, it's one big thing basically and yeah. what I realized yesterday when we go back to things we have done whatever two weeks ago you really have to be careful and you really have to be constant practicing every time again your pitches that you that they also keep that they stay right as well that you mm, that they then, stay your yeah. second nature but then not lose the kind of the drama and the oh, yeah, character definitely. and everything that you've got to do alongside that it'd be quite easy to sort of get bogged down in Am I singing the right pictures? You have yeah. to sing the right pictures, you have to sing the right notes, you have to do this terribly complex But then on top of that, you have to do your yeah. all the rest of the background work. So I think I would say 69, probably 90% of my work is done outside the rehearsal room. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, you do everything in the rehearsal room, but then you know, the only way to get sort of solidify it and get it in your body and you know what you're doing is outside, really. Mm. Yeah. My little baby loves hearing me sing Hence at Home. That's quite funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting real. Mine's off again. Fine <laughs> taste at an early age. Yeah. It's great, it's bringing music <laughs> to all ages. Yeah. <laughs> so, and just one last thing. So how important is it to have an experience of performing contemporary works alongside what most people would know to be core repertoire, like the Mozarts and all of that? How important do you find it as opera students? Well, I, I think especially if, I mean, Fedra is, I mean, Landauts is already, we say it's contemporary music and it's still very fresh to us, but if looking back, it's written in 51, so it's already 60, 70 years ago. But I think especially Fedra, this is music of our time. This is, I mean, just looking at this, this is this is what pe what, what a man who, who lived in our century wrote or what he thought about music. Mm. And uh, I think, I mean, after, after this and after, as Beth said, after kind of getting into this world and exploring this, this, this wonderful, Static uh, way of writing and way of way of music. It's just it's wonderful. It's incredibly and and I think it's I think it's important, especially for us, and it's also for for the audience to to explore this world as well mm -hmm. and to kind of uh, not just always looking back on all the normal raptor pieces. So I think it's it was a very it was incredible experience to do that, and I think we learned a lot as well oh, because it's, sure. because especially in, in in the first years of our career, this will this will come quite often that we have to learn contemporary stuff which is more complex than the normal repertoire. Yeah. It's so important to have a hand in what's new and what's current mm. and what's where opera's going. Um, and what a luxury to be able to do it in such a safe environment in mm. whilst you're still studying. And, yeah, yeah um, of course. Like I said, it's by far one of the hardest things I've had to learn. So to be able to do that in this kind of yeah. situation. And with Tim and Ashley who are just great. <laughs> Well, and it provides you with a good a base platform so that you know when you go out yeah, there and yeah. get your amazing professional careers then you've already you know got that yeah, basic knowledge yeah. of how to approach a new project Absolutely. how to be. it's informed how I will now go and learn my Mozart roles well thank you for taking the time to come and speak to me and good luck for the show uh, Phaedra and Ein Landarzt open in the Silk Street Theatre on Monday the 8th of June and there will be four performances so really don't miss out tickets are on sale from the Barbican box office and for more details you can visit www.gsnd.ac.uk forward slash events